We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live, in-game odds on every major sports, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have our Detroit Lions versus the Chicago Bears final review. We're going to talk about the game very briefly, and then we're also going to talk about some draft picks and what the Detroit Lions should do with the number one overall pick on episode 212 of the Pride Podcast. With the seventh pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle, Oregon. He's going to run it straight in. Jared Goldberg. Touchdown, yes. Detroit Lions. DJ Hawkins, yes. they did it. They tied it. They're an extra point away from winning this game. Oh, baby, how big is that? <laughs> Europe, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Pride Podcast, episode 212, sponsored by Underdog Fantasy Sports on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host for today, Malcolm, joined by my good guy, Pierre. Man, how you doing, Pierre? Man, I'm doing great. It felt good to like hang out with the family during Thanksgiving, saw the Lions play, relaxed a little for my classes. I've been chilling, but now it's back to business. That's good, man. You know what? Uh, we didn't get to hear from you on the last episode. So, man, how was your holidays, man? How was your Thanksgiving? It was great. Spent time with the family. I was at the game. I mean, the game was was fun, but I didn't like the outcome. Yeah, I don't think anybody <laughs> enjoyed the outcome of that game. You was there live, man. How was the experience? I know um, you were sending us messages saying that it wasn't that packed. But then on TV, it looked like it was kind of... So at first, like pregame wasn't that packed, but like it seems like there was a really long line outside. That's what they were saying. And as like like a little more towards the middle of the first kind of, it kind of like started getting packed. It wasn't sold out, 
but it got like it was pretty packed i'd say okay that was a huge yeah okay so so pierre so you let the game Mm -hmm. what was your thoughts because we didn't get to hear your thoughts of the game what was your initial thoughts of of that game (laughs) what you saw all right, I have kind of my thoughts written down. I'm just going to read what I have written down because I have like a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Yeah, just let um, out, man. Let's just start with the first thing is first. They need to clean up the damn penalties, whether it's on Jared Goff, whether it's on the O-line. You got to clean up the penalties, okay? I mean, bro, you had like that one drive. I forgot what quarter it was in. They were going down the field, and then it seems like it went 50 yards back. <laughs> I don't that know was, exactly 50, but that, you know what? You know what? That actually happened twice in the game. One happened in the in the second second quarter. Yeah. And one happened in the third quarter. And I know, yeah, they just killed us. It went from false start to holding to holding <laughs> to false start and then holding again. It was like we got to our we got to the 30 and then we ended up back on our, our 50 yard line. It was crazy. I also feel like even Campbell said it today. There was a couple of the rest were like a little like ticky tacky. Campbell called it ticky tacky. That's what he quoted it as. And I kind of agree that. And Jared Goff kind of felt like some of the holding calls should have been called. Obviously, the false starts, like, let's get this straight, man. You're home. The crowd isn't loud. Watch the fucking ball. I always say that. Just watch the ball. It was it was bad. You know, I was I was livid. Tyler was livid. I mean, people in our in the green room, they were livid. I mean, we were just it's just bad, man. And and you seeing all these penalties, man. Do do this fall on the coaching staff? Is this an undisciplined team? Is this something that should be addressed by Dan Campbell? Yes, like a discipline always falls on the head coach. We talked about that with Patricia. I'll talk about that with whoever it is. Um, right now the lack of discipline falls on the head coach. They got it, man. You can't have false starts at home. You just can't. Like the crowd isn't loud. You're quiet for the most part. There was one time where it pissed me off. The Lions fans are screaming, let's go Lions. And the offense is at work. And they get a false start from that. <laughs> like, yo, like. You got to be kidding me. And then right after that play about go, they usually on the big board, like, shh, offense at work. Yeah. Oh, man. You, I mean, you can't, like, I don't know, man. Um. All right, that, that's the first thing. The penalties, they need to stop. And I think they will stop. It's just, man, these past two weeks, it's, it's been a disaster. And then offensively, they need to get more creative, right? Throwing behind the sticks and running the ball on third and long isn't working out. Defenses are starting to notice. And when, when I was at the game, I kind of noticed, like, pre-snap, like, the safeties and linebackers. I don't know if you guys saw this on TV, but the safeties and linebackers would move up a lot. They didn't really respect Detroit's passing game. And why would they? You, you see it a lot. Literally, like, the Lions motion a guy or they're, they're about to snap the ball. Goffs basically snap the ball. And you just see the linebacker safeties coming down to the line of scrimmage. Um, I feel like they should incorporate more play action into their offense, right? Also, you got to get your playmakers more involved. We say this every week. Raymond hasn't really what, – what did he do last week? Nothing. Raymond had – He didn't have much, though. Yeah, right? one catch for like – it was like a 10-yard catch that was in between two different – it was actually a really nice throw that golf through. Yeah, I'm not Brown. He needs more targets. Even Hawkinson, man, he has to step up, though. I think it was his second or third or fourth game, whatever, in a row he had a, like a penalty. Hawkinson needs to play better. He has to be a better blocker as well. He's just – he hasn't played to the level I expected. I'll say that. I don't think Campbell's a good play caller. He doesn't – he hasn't done it before, and you could obviously tell. It feels like he's learning on the spot. And I feel like when he's doing the play calling, we didn't see early in the year like these mistakes that are happening. 12 men on the field, two consecutive timeouts, 
all these like subs, the sub, the, they're having trouble substituting, right? We didn't really see that many there. I feel like the play calling is kind of holding him back from the other stuff. I feel like he's doing too much. I don't think he can handle doing all that. And so far, we've seen that these past couple of games, it's affecting his coaching in game. His time management was awful once again. We talked about that also in the second half versus Pittsburgh. The time management was really bad. It was awful in the fourth quarter. Basically, Chicago had eight minutes. They started with the ball, and Detroit didn't touch the ball. Yeah. They made it. That's awful time management. Consecutive timeouts, you have to know the rules. It seems like they didn't know the rule. AG was calling for. I thought AG was screaming for a penalty. Like, I can't really tell what's going on, right? I'm in the fans. Hey, you literally see AG going crazy on the sidelines. Yeah. It was that. Now, I knew it was for a timeout after the game. Campbell wanted a timeout, so they do not know the rules. That's also on the coach. Again, he's a rookie head coach, but that's on the coach, right? And then the last defensive play called Malcolm. I almost lost my mind. What was it, third and two or third and three? I think it was like third. And, it was actually like, I believe it was a third and four. Here's my thing. I don't know what defense it was. I have to go back and watch. I went, sure back, I went back. I went back many times, and I still can't figure out what defense I was. I don't I, know why the hell Aaron Glenn is leaving like a t- eight to 10 yard cushion between the DB and the wide receivers. Um, and then the, I think it was a tight end there too, but he was basically lined up at wide receiver, I believe. I don't remember exactly, but why the hell are they leaving a big ass cushion on third and short? Yeah. I mean, obviously they're going to complete it. That que- that play call was really questionable. And so I like, I loved what AG has done, but I feel like, Sometimes he overthinks stuff, like the rushing three stuff, the prevent stuff that hasn't worked out in the end of the games. So they played a soft zone. I'm going to call it a soft zone. I don't know what coverage it was. I'm just going to call it a soft zone. I think it was a, I think it was a two. I think it was a cover two. If I, I had a, two. If I, I think it was, but I, they I played yeah. off They played off the receivers. Or, it's like they were trying to prevent a touchdown. It's so like in their mind you're saying, let's not get beat deep. That's this not, is what I do. I either let the team score or I get a stop. Yeah, that's what you try to do. That's realistic. And what they did, it seems like they gave him a free first down with the way they played it. Yeah. Maybe corner. the corners fucked up because they I don't think they could have called another timeout, right? Because they already called two in a row. And I just don't know what happened on that play, but I'm blaming AG for that. And I'm also blaming AG for the um well, I don't know, for the so here's my thing too. You come off the first timeout, you're coming off a timeout. One side of the field is lined up correctly. The other side is not. That's unacceptable. I know Campbell said they changed the play. That's unacceptable. I mean, we've seen so many unacceptable things in this game. That's ridiculous, man. Then you go go and you burn another timeout. Obviously, that's against the rules. You can't do that. (laughs) They're just like some head scratchers. I know this is a rookie head coach. I get it, but man, you can't make these mistakes. Was the I didn't watch the TV. Was Troy Aikman? They were and, ripping uh, us. They were ripping us the whole. I think the yeah the whole game they were they're ripping us. They're ripping us the whole game with all the penalties. Twelve men on the field on your own extra point, like shit like that. Like who does that? Who? How do you have a twelve men on the field on your own extra point? Right. Like we were just getting. They was just clowning us. They were ripping us. It was bad. And I know, like, Swift got hurt and stuff, but that shouldn't be an excuse. You got to adjust to injuries. I know we don't have much either, but you got to, like, you got to adjust and do things different. You can't just keep running and running and running the football. 
when it's not there. My my thing is with this game, man, they started off so well. They did. They started off so well. <laughs> you know, Jared Goff actually looked like an NFL quarterback. He was actually completing the passes. Yeah, he trusts Reynolds. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, but why did they go away from that? Malcolm, your guess what? is as good as mine. <laughs> I have no idea. The, this is the thing with Campbell, man. He's not... Look, this is his first time calling plays, and it was only his second game calling plays in his career. But he's not, they didn't hire him to be a play caller. He's not a play caller. And whatever Anthony Lynn did wrong, whatever disagreements they have, they got to like, I hope they sat it out in the bye. And they just talked about it and hashed out their differences. I feel like Anthony Lynn needs to be the play caller again. Or if you don't trust Lynn, see what Deuce could do. Deuce Staley is highly respected around the league. And obviously in the Lions locker room, he's the assistant to the head coach. Yeah, so see, see what Deuce Staley could do. Right, I, I don't see that happening. I don't think I've ever seen a situation where the running back coach takes over play calling duties when you have your OC there. I just never seen he, something like that. Wasn't he like the running game coordinator in um in Philly? In Philly? I'm not yeah, sure I, if it was a running. He was game a, I think it was like the assistant head coach, running back coach, and, and could be the running game coordinator. I'm Philly. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure, but I just never seen a situation where you have an OC, you have an offensive coordinator. And then you're gonna let the running back coach call the plays? Like I, I, I don't think that's possible. If anything, give it to um, Mark Brunell. But again, I, I'd never seen that happen. Uh, before. Mark Brunell is not like. I mean, I don't even think he's done a good job with the quarterbacks. I don't know what the hell he's telling golf. Golf makes the same mistakes every week. I'm being serious. I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't have a solution for this right now. I have to be honest with like our offensive staff, other than Hank Fraley and Deuce Staley, the other guys, I'm kind of like Mark Brunell. You're not really seeing improvement with the quarterbacks. You're seeing the same mistakes with the wide receivers. No one has stepped up. I don't know if that's Antoine Rondell or some talent issues. I think it's a little of both, to be honest. But the tight ends guy is like, whatever. He's been here. He's been here. He's still here. But we got to see some growth out of Hawk. And we haven't seen that this year. We just haven't. The blocking has not improved. Well, it has a little but it's not where it has to be, right? And he has these stupid penalty games almost every week. It's like at some point when you're drafted at number eight overall, you have to elevate your play. You just do. Yeah. But how much is our offense holding back our, our, these players? This offense stinks. And yeah, it a does. Lot of it's not, a lot of it's not like the player's fault. Like, teach, like let me give an example. TBJ Hawkinson. How many targets is he getting in the, in the game? But Malcolm, and forget, that, forget that, the targets. Just like the blocking and the penalties. That needs to be better. That's what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. That, you that know, when we drafted him, when we drafted him, that was one of his strengths. That he was an elite blocker. Yeah, he just We haven't seen that. We haven't seen that since he got in the league. No, we have which yeah. I remember there was like a guy who said they could block like Kittle and catch like Ronk, right? I believe it was Nate Burleson who said that. Yeah, and probably. man, the blocking like Kittle has to be there. The catching, the catching, like he's he's good at that. Uh, but the, the blocking, it got it has to be better. It really does. It just it's just a mess, man. It's just a mess. So I know a lot of people right now they have mixed feelings about Dan Campbell. What is your feelings about Dan Campbell? How do you feel about Dan Campbell? This is what I'm Can- saying about Campbell. I saw some like stupid sweet sink fire Campbell. I call it stupid because they gave him a six-year deal. Look, he's a rookie head coach. He's going to make his mistakes. Obviously, Thursday, they were on Thanksgiving. They were more magnified. They were, like, right there, and they were obvious mistakes. He has to get those cleaned up. I think he will. Um, but they gave him a six-year year, six year deal, guys. That basically means we're rebuilding. They're not going to fire him. It's going to be... It's going to get worse before it gets better. I feel like Campbell, he wants to do some things on offense, but he just can't do them or he doesn't trust the guys he has, right? Because we saw like in the beginning of the year, they were doing some fun stuff. But when they were doing that stuff, they were making a lot of mistakes. They were fumbling the ball. They were dropping passes. They had turnovers, right? 
remember Jared Goff? Like, yeah, they would take some shots down the field, but if he gets sacked, he'd fumble the ball. Or like, he, he, he'd spin his way into a sack. You lose yardage. Then you get stupid penalty. I feel like Campbell is trying to minimize these turnovers, minimize everything. Kind of like, he's making it too hard on himself. Do you know what I mean, Malcolm? He's, he's basically like, he's thinking, okay, if we drop back and pass, I feel like that's how he's thinking. Goff could get sacked and then we're in third and long or whatever, or second and long. Then if I run the ball, I'll get a couple yards here. And maybe that could put me in a third and manageable or whatever. I don't know what he's doing. I, I'm like trying to get into his brain, sort of just kind of like think what he's doing. And I feel like what he's trying to do is he's trying to mitigate as much mistakes as he could, but that's making him conservative as well. Because we saw in the beginning of the year, they were going for those fourth and ones. They were going for those fourths and threes. Now they're punting the ball. We don't really see that anymore. Yeah. He doesn't know when he should go for it or when he shouldn't go for it now. Now he's confused. Before he's confused. He had the mindset, before he had the mindset, like, all right, I'm going for this. It doesn't matter. Fourth and one, I'm going for it. Now he's like, oh shit, what do I do? Now he's seeing he's calling plays. He's saying, all right, man, like, we're probably not going to get this. Or if we, like, he's like, he knows, I feel like he knows his personnel better and he doesn't say it, but they they stink, bro. The they receivers, they're, they're trash. But this, this is how I feel about Dan Campbell right now. I hope he does. I would hope he does figure it out. I hope he does turn things around. I hope he figures it out. Yeah, and you're you're, you're spot on. He is doing way too much. He's yeah, doing yeah, way too much yeah. right now to a point that he he's thinking too hard to try to eliminate turnovers and eliminate these errors. At the same time, you're doing that and you're still making errors and you still you know you're still making mistakes. So I mean, I don't know, man. If I was Dan Campbell, I'll just say F it. Just play football. Go to the basics, man. If you're gonna air it out and your your quarterback makes mistakes, damn it, so be it. <laughs> right now, you're not winning games anyway. Right now, they're they're doing this and right. it's leading them to nowhere. Now we gotta probably like give give your whole offense a chance. Now you gotta try to do something because at least if there's some type of excitement, some type of excitement. And I don't care if Jared Goff has 20 interceptions this year. I'd rather have that than this right now because at least of 20 interceptions, at least he's trying. If he has a 30 for 30, Jared. Uh, uh, James Winston <laughs> I wouldn't care right now because Jamie Winston in that 30 for 30 season he was, he had what 5,000 yards something like that yeah yeah he was throwing the ball over the field yeah he threw 30 picks but they had some type of excitement over there right but the thing is right now we're being conservative and it's, it's leading to nothing yeah and like my thing is too like I still think about this Pittsburgh game he punted the ball or like the whatever it was like second and long third and long he ran it and then he punted the ball like three minutes left right I forgot what it was exactly but Okay, you're going to punt the ball. You're going to get the ball back. You can't be conservative. You have to be aggressive when you get the call back. You're going to have like, like a minute probably and no timeouts or whatever. Um, I don't know which game I'm thinking about. It was one of the games, damn it. Probably was a Pittsburgh game. Maybe it was a Pittsburgh game. But the thing is, like, okay, you trust your defense. Your defense gets stopped. Let's say your defense gets stopped, right? But then you're going to have less time and probably less timeouts because you use those timeouts to stop the clock to march down the field. That's how I look at it. Like, why are we doing that? Yeah. And he has to stop giving up on drives, man. We're we're old ten and one. At no point you should be giving up yeah, on any drive. Yeah, nothing to lose. Like we've yeah, talked you about be, it. Yeah, too, you shouldn't right? be giving up on any drive. I don't care if it's second and twenty-five. I don't want you shouldn't be doing a halfback draw. Right. Second and twenty, you can't be giving up on drives. Try to get ten yards out of that play. And then try to get another ten yards out of that play. Absolutely. But it just is yeah, it's been bad, man. I, I mean there's there's questions. There's serious questions about Dan Campbell right now, man. And it sucks because this is his first year. This is supposed to be a rebuilding year. We shouldn't be talking about this. Because we we didn't have any expect expectations about losing these ways. We we thought we we're gonna lose based on soul soul talent. But that's another thing too. What's impressive with Campbell 
is he's keeping them in the games, but he's not winning these games. That's oh, another man. thing I feel like we're not um, talking about a lot because let's be honest, we've been like from a, like versus Pittsburgh, I believe, and even Cleveland, we were what are we like minus eight or minus seven and a half or something like that. I forgot the spread, but they didn't really give us a chance against and even versus Baltimore, right? I feel like there's some games where he's stuck in it, but now we're over these moral victories. Like when you make these mistakes, you're playing well to the talent, but then at the same time, when you make these mistakes, you can't have those. Think about it. If the Lions scored 20 points, I think TJ Lane tweeted out in their games, they'd be like five and five and six or four and five or something like that. I forgot what he said. We'll have five wins. That's all that matters. Five wins. Thank you. Um, the offense is just holding them back. And, man, I got to give a lot of – we talked about AD that last play. Other than that last play, though, what he's done this year with the squad, I mean, it's impressive. He made his rookie mistake. They, they're probably going to make more mistakes. But if you could learn and adapt and grow from these mistakes, which I think they will, then you look at the future like, all right, man, we, we have a bright future on defense, right? Offensively, we really don't know what we have right now because there's no quarterback, there's no wide receiver, there's really nothing to build up other than the O line. The O line is there, Swift is there. Other than that, I mean, you got. Oh, you mentioned TJ Hawk. Oh, I was gonna say you, you got Saint, you got Amon Ross St. Brown, but I'm saying other than that, man, we need a quarterback. Quarterback makes this thing go. That's enough of that game. I'll say this: I still believe in Campbell. I'm not out on him yet. Um, I don't think it's fair to be out on him. I know he doesn't have the personnel, but at the same time, these mistakes are just. They're bad mistakes. Hopefully he cleans it up. They had a mini bye week. Hopefully they sat down. They talked about things, how they could change things up. And let's see how they look uh, yeah. these last, what, four or five games. Or no. Where I'm at right now with Campbell, if you're looking at like a traffic light, you know, in the beginning of the season, I was green. I was all green. I was right. ready to go. Ready to run through walls, bite kneecaps. I was ready to do all that shit. Right now I'm on yellow. I'm on the yellow light. I'm cautious right now. That's off you right now. I'm not. I'm not red. I'm not. I'm not out on Campbell, but I'm definitely on the yellow right now. I believe they have like five, six weeks left on the season. Obviously, they have some tough opponents left, but um, let's just see how they play and let's let's hope these mistakes don't eke up, don't keep occurring, especially the two timeouts, the um, the conservative play calling and trusting your defense too much that hurt them. The bad time management, that stuff needs to get cleaned up. Hopefully, it will get cleaned up. Uh, let's just see how they look because. I feel like this mini bye week, they, they they took a look at themselves in the mirror, and hopefully they correct these issues. Uh, you, you would hope they did that during the bye week, but damn it, yeah. They did well. They did during the bye. They basically said, "All right, Lynn, you're not calling plays anymore." That that's what they did. Yeah, I mean, Lynn, Lynn has been bad. Campbell has been completely atrocious. He's been downright His awful. His play calling has been bad. Um, before he was a play caller, though, I feel like he was doing the right things. Would you want to coach? Go for it on fourth down. Be aggressive, right? Um, uh, foot on the pedal, uh, get creative, find ways to win. Like against LA, they did the fake field goal, fake punts, onside kick, whatever. They did all that stuff. So I feel like that once he took those play calling duties, he's doing too much. It's affecting other parts of the game, time management. They're not really going for it on fourth down. There's a lot of trust in this personnel. And I get why, but you have to. You have to trust these guys. This is what you have right now. And damn it, you're 10 and one or 9 one whatever you are. 10 and one Just... I don't know why how to say, it it. man. Just play, man. Who cares what happens? You're already why, losing. Why does it matter? Exactly, man. Like, give your third and third and twenty. Throw a hail mary. God damn it, do something. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the third. I mean, the defenses. I'm telling you, man. The defenses like know what's coming for the most part. I'm not saying it's predictable, but if if you look at Detroit's scouting report, you probably see maybe like three four shots a game, maybe one completion. 
Other than that, it's a draw, it's a short screen. pass, it's a screen pass. Yeah. There's really like, why would you play deep? If they beat you deep, just respect it, tip your hat to them, and go back on defense. That's I feel like that's how pass, it is. That's why the screen pass hasn't worked since the Rams game, and they still continue to try to do it. It's beyond me. Yeah, they're just um, like I said, they don't really have the personnel, but at the same time, you have to get creative. You have to get your guys out in space. Khalif Raymond, and Amin Ross St. Brown, scheme things for Hawk, right? Play action. Yeah. If your run game's working, which it has. Maybe not so much against Chicago because Swift went down to kind of screw up their game plan. But if your run game is working, use the play action. They really haven't done that that much. Nope. I don't know yeah. if – I mean, I just – I don't know. We'll see how they look against uh, Minnesota. Detroit Lions football is finally back. And there is no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Detroit Lions tickets anymore. Because TickPick – that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. Tippick got rid of all those awful service fees that all the other ticket sites charges, which let them guarantee the best price on all the NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you find a better price for the same seats on another ticket site, Tippick will give you 110% of the difference in your purchase price. So if you're headed to Ford Field to watch your Detroit Lions try to get their first win versus the Minnesota Vikings, then TickPick got you covered. Visit TickPick.com slash Pride Podcast today to save $10 on your first order of your Detroit Lions tickets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah, this game makes me sick. So let's just not talk about this game no more. Let's let's move on to um injury updates. All right, injury updates. Have, yeah, I know you have some injury updates. What what do you have, man? So uh Swift, according to Campbell right now, DeAndre Swift is sore and it's hard to say right now if he plays Sunday. We'll have to see how the week goes. So Swift right now, I'd say it's questionable for Sunday. We'll probably know more on Wednesday and Thursday. And obviously Friday, the game designations. But a fun update is 
our young corner that like was exciting for like against Green Bay is back. Ifatu Melifanu was activated from IR today. They placed, they also re-signed cornerback Parnell Motley to the practice squad. I don't know if I said his name right. But uh man, if he's back, but Campbell did say Jerry Jacobs remaining in the starting lineup. And man, shout out to Jerry Jacobs. That kid is balling. Yeah, he is, man. That's crazy. Is he gonna be the corner of the future? Like, is he gonna be like our like our number two corner going going forward, like our future? Is he like gonna be our JC Jackson? Is that what you're saying? Like JC Jackson baby started yeah. like as an undrafted guy. Yeah. Now he's oh, I think he's gonna be an all pro this year. He's playing out of his mind. Um yeah, he is. But uh and Amani Awarie, man, he gives up plays, but he also makes plays when you need him. He's um, also Amani, played well. Amani should have had like Two or three interceptions that game. I was pissed. One of them, Jesse James, wrapped his face mask. Yeah, that was that was the one that could have the Bears from scoring points that drive when he kicked the field goal if he would have just came down with it. But yeah, he grabbed his face mask. But he's playing well. The other pick was impressive. The way he snatched that thing. If you go back and watch that pick, man. I did. I did. I did. did. That was I was like, holy shit, you actually got that. Like that was impressive. I know Andy Dawn did not see him coming. (laughs) He he thought he threw that ball. He was like, Oh, he's open. We threw it and he was like, Oh shit, he's not open. Right. (laughs) That was that was nice. That was that was one of his better picks, man. That was good for him. I mean, he he had one really bad play in that game. It was a a missed tackle on Grant. It was they threw like a swing pass to Grant and it was like a third and eight. And all he had to do was he was there. Make, wrap him up, make tackle. He just completely yeah. missed him. That's right. I remember I was saying he went yeah. on that tackle. They're tackling yeah, no. too. Their tackling needs to get a little better out in space. They've been okay at it, but the, their misses, man, they kill them because the wide receivers just get there. Yeah, that was one of his down plays. But besides that play, he played he played great. He's coming to his own, man. Yeah, he is. Amani will be a free agent in 2023. So you have one more year to evaluate him, extend him, tag him, whatever. It depends how he plays next year. Um, but we are seeing some improvement with AP and AG coaching him up, which is nice to see. Yeah, they they played they played well, man. I'm happy for all those guys right now, man. Uh, but my thing is right now, I know they're saying that Iffy will not start. They're saying Jerry Jacobs will be remain the starter. Where do you see Iffy playing? What is going to be his role in defense now? I think they're going to ease him in. Maybe like when there's a big nickel, like a big wide receiver. Brad Holmes talked about that pre-draft process. I mean, after the draft, not pre-draft. But when they drafted him, if there's like a big wide receiver, maybe they can match up Iffy in the slot with that big wide receiver, right? Um, maybe a little, some safety, versatile. I don't know if they want to put too much on this player right now that's asking him too much maybe to play safety right now. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't think he played practice so much at safety right now. So that'll be a, that'll be a huge. Yeah, that'll be pretty big for him to move like that. So, all right, so we do have this week's Baller of the Week and Oopsie Doopsie of the Week. So, Pierre, start it off, man. Who's your Baller of the Week? Okay. This is kind of tough. It's between, like, a couple guys. But I have to go with Amani Warrior. I mean, yeah. this was well-deserved. It's well-deserved. I mean, he picked it off in the red zone, right? Yeah, he did. He saved the touchdown, basically, yeah. so... Should have had two. He should have had two, but the guy, Jesse James, he grabbed his face mask, cancer the face, whatever you want to call it. They didn't call it on the field. I was pissed about that, to be honest, too. But um, Amani Awarie, he's he's been, I believe he has five picks on the year. Uh, yeah, five picks. And he if you guys go back, back to whenever he came out of the draft, 2018, 2017, I forgot what year it was, 2019. I don't know, whatever year it was. I think it was 2019. I was really high on this kid. You go back listen to our shows. You could tell Malcolm and Tyler they have text about it, and I'm happy he's sort of starting to, sort of take that next step in his development. 
that's what's up, man. Shout out to Amani Warrior, man. Yeah. This kid fell to the fifth round because according to Jordan Reed, he didn't interview well or whatever. He also didn't have the best senior bowl. That's what Jordan Reed said. He had an awful senior bowl. So, but then, I mean, he, he fell to Patricia and all those guys. I don't know what they did with the corners. They didn't really develop anyone here, let's be honest. Um, defensively, defensively, they didn't develop anyone. They had a guy who was balling. They moved into strong safety with Tracy. I don't know what the hell they were doing. Huh? But no, man, you've seen it with AP and AG. They're playing to his strengths. So you love to see that. And who knows? Maybe he'll get extended this offseason. He's a free agent after next year. Typically, corners get extended going to their fourth year, like in the offseason. So he could get extended this offseason. We'll see. All right, man. So let me just jump. Let me just take over Tyler's segment. Let me jump into the oopsie doopsie of the week. Play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. So with this oopsie doops of the week, I'm pretty sure, even though Tyler's not here, I'm pretty sure he would agree with me. All right, so I we are going, we're going for the one, two, third week in a row. We're going with Dan Campbell again. Yes, Dan Campbell again. Again, we've seen a very awful play calling. His play calling started off really good. He had a 30 yard, I think it was like a 34 yard pass to um, Josh Reynolds and beautiful double move and into the end zone. And then after that, we saw penalties, we saw penalties, we saw double timeouts, <laughs> we saw um, what else? What was crazy things we see? We see, you know, um, 12 men on the field on your own extra point. It just, it's just been, it's, it's been bad. These last three weeks of Dan Campbell calling plays have been bad. It hasn't been good. Um, so yeah, three weeks in a row. Dan Campbell, our head coach, is the oopsie doopsie of the week. I, I've said this on here. I don't really agree with the Pittsburgh one. I feel like they should have went to the kicker, Santoso, but yeah, 100%, that was weeks, bad. the past two weeks, I think I agree with that. The um the uh the Cleveland game, right? Yeah, and then and then this game. So how do you get out coached by Matt Nagy twice, man? How does that happen? Who, what, who does that? I honestly feel like this. The Lions are always like Nagy's save me type of game because it is. They, they were like they had a rough start, and then they came to Detroit earlier in the year. They they destroyed us. Actually, in Chicago, they destroyed us in Chicago, right? Didn't they whoop yeah. our ass? Yeah, they sure did. We couldn't. We had no answer for the run. That that was one of the worst games uh, of the year, and then. Yeah. Uh, on Thanksgiving, man, the Lions just made too many mistakes. And when you're a bad football team and you can't overcome these mistakes, whether it's the personnel or the coaching, like it's a player's fault, coach's fault. You have all these penalties, you have all these coaching errors. You don't have the talent to overcome it. Even Campbell says it himself. The margin of error for this team is small, and they had a lot of errors. Yeah, no, I mean, no wonder Matt Nagy knew his job was safe. He saw the schedule. He was like, <laughs> what, fired? He's like, fired? Uh, yeah, right, I'll play the Lions next. I'm just gonna win this game, and then everybody will be like, "Yay, Nagy!" He knew he knew his job was was in jeopardy this week. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 bad, man. I mean, I don't know, man. Again, hopefully Dan Campbell turns it around. Oh, I'm I'm just hoping he turns. It I gotta around. be honest with the play calling. I think it's gonna be what it is, sort of, because we've seen it the past few weeks, and 
I'm, I'm I don't know if there's a lot of trust. I don't think there's a lot of trust. I feel like maybe like we just have to roll with it with these last five, six games. I feel yeah. like he'd adjust, but I don't feel like he trusts his personnel. Yeah, I'm not expecting a change this year. Um, it's, 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 it, is, it is what it is. I feel like they're just kind of riding it out. To me, it's just like at least take a chance. Dude. You're 0-9-1 or 0-10-1, whatever the hell you are. Take a chance, right? But yeah. I don't think he wants to do that right now and for whatever reason. But like I said, it's the personnel. Hopefully, like once they get their quarterback or they get better receivers out there next year or maybe the following year after that. But yeah, let's just move right along, man. Let's we do have it. the draft. And this is something that everybody excited about. You know, the Detroit Lions look like they're on their way to have the number one overall pick. Yes. Now, let's, let's talk about this number one overall pick, man. There's a few names out there um, and a few scenarios. What do you think the Lions should actually do with that number one overall pick? If you're GM, you're Brad Holmes, what what, what would you do with the number one If overall I pick? had to make the pick today, like yeah, right today. now. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a big Michigan fan. Obviously, Aiden Hutchinson, I love that kid. He's a great player. But I'm still taking Kayvon Thibodeau. Nothing against Hutchinson. Hutchinson's my number two player right now. Um, but Kayvon's ceiling is higher because of his athleticism. It's really high. I think right now, Hutchinson might be the more developed player, the more better player, right? But ceiling-wise, I feel like Kayvon Thibodeau could get to another level than Hutchinson. Does that yeah. make sense? That makes a lot of sense, man. And he's one of the guys who I'm predicting to have a crazy combine. One of those combines, I know a lot of people, a lot of Michigan fans, crazy because a lot of Michigan fans are saying, who cares about the combine? Who cares about a combine? Hitchison's a guy. But I just have a feeling. <laughs> I just have a feeling Kayvon's gonna have a crazy combine. That's it's gonna be one of those combines people are like, wow, <laughs> look at those numbers. So I mean, as of right now, and this could this could change throughout the weeks. This might go back and forth several times. But as of right, right now, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Now my thing is this, man. We're sitting at number one. Now what if a team calls for that pick? Here's the thing, Malcolm. You look at this draft. Is there a quarterback we're trading up for and for number one pick? No. Unless you're, unless you're desperate, unless you're desperate, and you like, and you're in for, you're all in on the guys. Like for example, if a, if there is a team that's all in on Matt Carroll, Matt who looks like he's going to be the the number one rated quarterback going into the draft, there's a team that's in love with him, like Washington. Yeah, maybe you know, maybe they drop, drop um, move up to get him. You know, these guys get they get hyped towards the draft process. A lot of these guys they come out of nowhere. Hell, I wouldn't be shocked if they start mocking one of these guys to the to the Detroit Lions. I wouldn't be shocked, which would be a head scratcher. But I wouldn't be shocked if once all these draft analysts come out, they start mocking a Matt Carroll to Detroit with the number one overall pick or a Sam Howell to the Detroit Lions with that number one overall pick. All right, so let's go over this for now. I have, like, the top ten picks in front. I'm just going to go over the top ten, for example, right? Detroit is one right now. Houston is two. Jacksonville is three. Okay, Jacksonville has their quarterback. Jets are four. Jets have their quarterback. Jets are five also. They have their quarterback. Six is New York. We don't know if New York has their quarterback now, right? The Giants. Yeah, they, 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 don't, they don't know. Seven is the Giants. Eight is Washington. Okay. Nine is Philly and 10 is Philly. Okay. So you have New York with two top 10 picks, both teams, and you have Philly right now with two top 10 picks. Do I'm Philly sorry. move up? Do Philly try to move up? Philly has nine, 10, and 14. All right. Let's bring up 14 too because that's that's Indy's pick. If like Wentz plays like, I think 75% of the snaps or something like that, he becomes a first round pick. So far, he's done that. So Okay, so you look at Washington. Washington is at eight. So who who could potentially threaten Washington? The Giants at six and seven could. Okay, the Jets. Forget about the Jets. If Houston, I mean, 
Houston will take their guy no matter what. I don't think Houston. Um, now Houston could also trade back too. But again, Malcolm, like you look at these teams. I think Washington could move potentially move up with the Jets to leap um, to leap up the Giants, right? Because they have number four and five, and the Giants are at six. Yeah, if they're. So I think that makes more sense for Washington versus moving all the way up to like one or two. That's costing you a lot. If you move a couple spots, because Detroit, Houston, and Jacksonville are probably not taking the quarterback. I don't think Houston's taking the quarterback. They they got to build their team. Um, so you look at these picks, three, four, five. Like I said, I don't think Washington's going to jump up to number one. I don't think any team's going to jump up to number one unless they really love a player that they think Houston's going to take, which. And I don't know how you do that because Houston's going to stay there and Detroit loves Kayvon or Hutch. They'll probably stay there too. Yeah, it's going to be so, so more, more likely we're not trading that pick. No, it, it's really hard to get out of that. I mean, if you like, let's okay, let's look into like, I mean, no, man, because it doesn't make sense. Now, Carolina, they need a quarterback, right? But they don't have the ammo. They traded away their picks this year. They traded a second round pick for Sam Donald. They traded. I believe a sixth round, a second and a fourth for Donald, a sixth round pick for uh, Stefan Gilmore. They don't really have picks right now. So, um, Carolina might look to trade back instead of trade up because they don't really have picks. So, I don't think we're going to find a partner trade up. So, okay, now you bring up like that debate with Hutchinson and Thibodeau. Thibodeau yeah. has some injury concerns as well. Um, so if the Lions are like they fail him on his medicals, or they're they don't really want to take him, they take Hutch. I'd still love the pick. I think both players agree. I just have, like I said, Kayvon a little higher because, like you said, his combine numbers, his athleticism is through the roof. Yeah. Um Aiden definitely had the better season. If you look at the numbers, he had a better season. But then it's debatable. You could say, oh, he has a better defense. All, all around better defense. He had a better defensive line. And you're looking at um Oregon. You know, I got to be honest. I haven't really watched Oregon that much. I do know they have some players their, on there, but their I don't stay up not to like, like Michigan. They're not, they're, their defense is not like Michigan defense. I can tell you that right now. Michigan has a, one of the top defenses in the country right now. They're, they're up there. They have a lot of talent. Um, their secondary is kind of shaky, but you're looking at the front four, the linebackers, they're, 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 they're good. I haven't really watched Oregon's defense, so I don't want to really comment on that. I've watched some Thibodeau, obviously, like his tape. I haven't really paid attention to the other guys. I just kind of just like watched Thibodeau only. I don't really care yeah. about the other guys. Um, I mean, good, exactly. I mean, as far as the other guys on Oregon, I mean, they're they're not like they don't have no stars. Like even they looking at have, Michigan, like, they have Sewell's brother. I know he's a yeah, five so, star. Yeah, he, uh, he's, he's pretty solid. He's, he's a solid linebacker. But like you're looking at a Michigan. Um, looking at Aiden Hitchinson, and then there's a guy right on the other side of him. What's his? You know, David Ojabo, and he's just as good. He might be. He might go in the first round too. Yeah, I think he's gonna go like mid to late first. So, so they have two first round picks coming off their as as edge rushers coming off the line. So, I mean, that that plays a factor into it as well, hundred percent. Yeah. Um. But uh, but that doesn't doesn't take away from his talent. Aiden Hutchinson is is a talented. Talented, talented, very talented player. I see JJ Watt and Hutchinson. I don't know what others see, but like just his playmaking. You see JJ Watt? JJ Watt. And bro, with Hutchinson, he plays better against better competition. That's what you love to see. Like he doesn't, he's not, he doesn't shy away from it. He actually, 
he elevates and he's also a leader. I saw a play, a couple plays actually during the Michigan game where he's getting guys lined up the correct way. He's a defensive end and he's That's doing good, that. Man. He's a leader. Defensive end linebacker. He's an edge. Let's call him an edge, right? Because he yeah. stands up a little. He puts his hand in the dirt. So he could do that, which is a perfect fit for the Lions scheme. Um, as far as coverage, Lions sometimes ask their passers to cover. I wouldn't personally do that with him, but um, you're going to have to do it. Look, you're drafting because of his pass rush. That That's why you're drafting him. He is a baller. And so is Thibodeau. They both are. I just like Thibodeau a little more right now. That could obviously change later on with the pre-draft process. But right now, if I'm big in today, I'm taking Thibodeau. Do you agree with me? Yeah. Let me ask you a question, man. I remember um, a couple years ago, um, we were both of us were really big on a certain edge rusher that um, we thought we were going to get, Josh Allen. Yeah. Where do you, where do you rank as far as like coming out? Do you where do you rank Hutchinson and and Kayvon compared to Josh Allen? Because we were uh, we Kayvon, Josh Allen Hutchinson, was... Josh Allen. So Kayvon, Hutchinson, Allen. You put Kayvon and Hutchinson as a prospect over, coming out, not like as a right prospect now. coming out over yep. Josh Allen. Yeah. Ooh, that's ooh. Oh, okay. What about you? I mean, I don't know, man. I think. That year, if I could remember, Josh Allen had some freakish numbers coming out of college. I think he had like eight, 17 or 18 sacks. It, it was, it was, let me see if I could pull it up. I remember it was something freakish there. Everybody was all hyped around Bosa. So Josh Allen didn't get that much attention, but I remember, man, his, his numbers coming out was, was crazy. So, I mean, as of right now, from what Josh Allen was able to do, I will have to go Josh Allen ahead of the, both of those guys right now. But then it's, it's really close after that. Yeah, he had 17 sacks um, in 2018, 31 and a half sacks in his career. Yeah. I remember it was something ridiculous like that. Yeah, I remember it was. it was something crazy like that. So, yeah, I would still go Josh Allen over both of them as far That's as, fair. as prospect-wise. But Kayvon is right next to him. And then I'm going with Kayvon based on just potential and – Raw ability and talent. If you're looking for a yes. production, and I think Aiden Hutchinson is going to be your guy. If you're looking for just straight out production, as far as coming, coming right away to make a impact right away on your team, I think he's going to be that guy. This is how I look at it, right? Like Sewell was 20 years old and Slater was 24. Sewell has a higher ceiling, but feels like Slater was kind of like more like um, kind of established, I guess, because yeah. he was older, right? That's kind of how I feel like with these two guys, right? You have Thibodeau, who's like, who has a really high ceiling. And you have Hutchinson, who's kind of already like, kind of is what he is type of player. Obviously, you could get better, but um, I feel like Thibodeau is not even close where he is, where he's going to be in a few years. I, I just have a feeling, man, like no matter who we pick, I think we're going to have a crowd that's not going to be happy. Honestly, I don't care. Like, obviously, I take Thibodeau, but if the Lions took Hutchinson, I honestly would still give it an A+. Plus. I wouldn't care. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I know, I'm, I can't wait to see how, you know, down the line how this goes. Because, I, again, I haven't going to be flip-flopping this pick several times until we get to our pick. Who knows? Who knows what we draft? I mean, who? we'll see, man. Malcolm, like, be honest. If Brad Holmes took Hutchinson, would you even be pissed? Would I be pissed, though? No, I mean, but, I, I, mad. It's like, but what would be bothersome if, you know, if the other guy in the next few years end up being the stud and we have the okay player? That, that man, I gotta be honest. I don't think like Hutchinson, he's wired different though. Like, I've I'm a Michigan fan, 
some of you guys might call me biased or whatever, but I watch this kid every week and he's just wired different. Like, I don't think he's a guy who's going to bust. He'll bust if he'll bust if he's injured. I don't think he'll bust if he's on the field. This guy is just different. Not, he not returned to the... school. He returned to school so he could beat Ohio State. Yeah, not, 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 not as far as the bus. That's not what I mean. I mean, like, if one of them becomes a good player and one of them just becomes an elite player. Okay. And I would say we get the good player, but then the other guy is just an, an elite player. Honestly, I think both are going to be elite. That's, I mean, I think both are going I mean, to be like up there. This, this is the thing with first overall picks in the NFL. Everybody thinks they're going to be elite. First overall, second overall pick, those two guys, everybody thinks those two guys are going to be elite. When in reality, I mean, it doesn't always happen that way. That's fair. Um, I don't know, man. It's, I, po- it's possible. And I've I mean, watched one guy really closely versus the other guy. I've seen like a couple games of his. Um, so. So you watch you watch more you watch more Hutchinson than I have because you're you're obviously a Michigan fan. I watch him every um, week. You watch him every week. Yes. Is he constantly being double teamed? How how is his play? Is he constantly getting double teamed? Is he he's being constantly held and he, he doesn't get a lot of holding calls? He's held a lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, people do that. <laughs> and they don't really call it. Um a lot of Michigan fans complain about that. He's held a lot and they don't call it as much as they should. Obviously, no. they're not gonna call every holding play. We know that. Um, but he's held a lot, so that tells you he's winning his matchups. He's held a lot. So is he seeing double teams? Um, is he seeing double teams? I guess sometimes he's seeing double teams. Like there was a play where he actually, I believe he split a triple team. I don't know if you saw that. Probably not. Let me uh, shoot. I'm just trying to get a better idea of who he is as a player. I watched I some of his games. Like I watched some of the um, Ohio State game. The thing is, there's so many games on, and it's so fucking hard. No, my bad. I'm thinking of a the player who actually split the triple team. I believe was Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, <laughs> we're talking about these right now. Uh, no, but actually, so there was one play. Actually, the offensive tackle for Ohio State Buckeyes. His name is Nicholas Petit Frere. He's a first round pick. Like he's ranked on the first round pick. And Hutchinson just dropped. Yeah. I Stroud agree. got rid of it really fast, but Hutchinson just bull rushed the heck out of him. I was going crazy. I thought he had the sex. Like, damn it, Stroud, he got rid of it real fast. And, man, when you drop a first-round player like that, and that first-round player also had some trouble with Hutchinson. And Nicholas Petit-Ferrer is really, really talented. So. There's that. I'm going to – you know what? This week – I'm gonna I'm gonna keep a very I'm gonna have him circled on TV today when they play Iowa. So I, big I'm telling you, Malcolm, big games he shows up. That's that's a big game, biggest game of his career. It's the Big Ten Championship, right? Maybe not. I mean, yeah, it's probably the reason. Last week was pretty big, but I feel like this game they they haven't won a Big Ten Championship since 2004, right? So I feel like this game is huge for him. Um, he shows up. He's a leader, and just see how his teammates react with him too. He's just a different type of player. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep a close eye. I mean, from here on out, I'm going to keep a close eye on him because it's a guy who we might pick up. So definitely keep a close eye on him, see how he plays. And, yeah. you know, just see, just to see, man. I want to see his burst off the line. I want to see all that stuff. I because I haven't watched much I haven't watched much Michigan games. I, not, like the games I have, like I, I just watched it just to watch it. I wasn't like, oh, let me look at A.D. Hunterson, you know. So this is a, a good game for me to, to look at that. Man, I do got to say, though, I'll say one thing. I know this guy's not going to enter the draft, but the guy on your team, Will Anderson, he's better than both yes. of them. Yeah, I love that guy. 
that, that's like another story for another day. He's a straight up beast. Um, if he was coming out this year, he'd be the number one pick, in my opinion. You think he would? Yeah. yeah I, I, I like him a lot, man. We'll see what that happens, is, man. That kid is different. Yeah, he that is. Kid, like, I've watched maybe like two or three Bama games, and every time I watch, it's like, whoa, this kid is different. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he stands out. He really stands out, man. Mm-hmm. He actually balls out against great talent, too. Like the SEC, you're not playing any weak teams. You're playing a lot of good teams and good offensive linemen. And yeah, he shows up every week. We need, we need to have a big game next week, um, this Saturday. We'll... People are going to see him. Like a lot of my people might not know him, but like when the college playoff start and if Alabama's in the playoff, people are going to see that this kid is legit. Yeah, we got to get there. <laughs> It's gonna I mean, be tough. You, gotta, know, you got it'll probably be a bowl game or like the game against Georgia, right? You guys probably play Georgia we have we have we play, we play Georgia next. We play Georgia Saturday. So yeah, people are gonna watch him then because that's a national televised game, and then whatever bowl game it has, it's probably gonna be televised too. Yeah, they're gonna see this kid. He's special, man. He's really, really good. Yeah, he's really good. All right, Malcolm. Say, let's say Coral's off the board. Okay, mm-hmm. you have a chance to choose between uh, Kenny Pickett. Sam Howell, Malik Willis, Carson Strong. Who am I missing? Desmond Ritter. Who are you picking? I mean, this is a no-brainer. <laughs> I think Sam, it's, a, it's, this, it's Sam Howell. This is a no-brainer, man. Malcolm, we finally agree on something. Yes, like, we good, really man. agree with each other. We agreed with the Kayvon Thibodeau stuff. But I mean, like, we, we, agree, we agree on stuff. Like, we, we agree on, on stuff. Zach, but, but Zach Wilson? Zach not Wilson? Not Remember Zach Wilson? Yeah. Really I, by the way, I still think highly of Zach Wilson. I do too. I think I think he has a, I think he has a future. Yeah. Um. So. Yes, I think me and you see the same qualities in quarterbacks that we like. We like the strong arm. That's that's the first thing that pops out, right? And then when when you read his like his scouting reports too, I've watched Howell, but it's kind of hard to scout him with the talent he has. He hasn't. Sometimes he hasn't played well. Other times he's played well. But when you read like what these draft analysts have to say about him, he's a smart and he could read defenses, right? That that's yeah. really important to me. Um, and this year he improved his mobility. He could move. Yeah. You have a strong arm, you have decent size, like not the best size, but it's okay. He's like six one. He's not like six three or six four, but it's manageable, right? You have a guy who's tough, a great leader. Um and I just look back at Dorsey when he took Baker Mayfield, and Baker had similar qualities coming out. He was tough. He was a great leader. He had a strong arm. And I feel like the Lions front office is going to fall in love with Sam Howell. It's a big possibility, man. But you're looking at our second pick. There's no way. I just don't see a scenario that he's there. This is how I think of it. Forget about what pick you have. If you love a guy, you're going to go up and get him, right? Because – Brad Holmes came from L.A. They love Jared Goff. They went up and got him. They love Jalen Ramsey. They went and traded for him. They loved Matthew Stafford. They traded for him. Obviously, Holmes didn't do that, but still his old boss did that, and he was kind of trained under his old boss, right, or his old bosses. They love when you love a guy, and L.A. is aggressive when they love a player, right? If you love a guy or you love a player, you're going to go up and get him or try to get him at least. You're going to call up, see if teams are interested. Because we saw Brad Holmes, there was rumors before the draft that the Lions tried to trade with Atlanta for Chase. And we know it wasn't for Chase. It was for Sue at the end of the day. But Sue ended up falling to them, and we saw how they reacted. They also 
I mean, Holmes want to trade up for Levi, but his staff said, just be patient, be patient. He was patient. So Holmes has that aggressive mindset, right? He wanted to trade up for Levi. His staff said, be patient, which was the right thing. He wanted to trade up for Sewell. Atlanta said no. So that's, I guess that was also where he fell to you. But if they love, if he loves a guy, if this staff loves a guy, they're going to go up and get that guy. I really believe it. So whether they use the, whatever, 20th pick, 32nd pick, or 33rd pick, whatever it is, they're going to package those picks. Let's say maybe like 20 and like 33 in a fourth round pick or 20, 33 in a pick from next year or something, depending how far you want to move up. Yeah, you're going to move up and get that guy because the quarterback's the most important position. And if you love a player, I feel like you have to take that player. How do you feel? How do you feel about it? I know you said you like Sam Howell. I like him too. Yeah. But how comfortable are you as far as – you know, you wanted to get the guy. He's your franchise. He's going to be your franchise quarterback. Like these quarterbacks, none of these guys scream uh, elite prospect. None of yeah. these guys do. It's um, not like how I felt about Zach Wilson. Um, or it's not about know, how I felt Trey about Lance. They, these Trey guys are not. Lance, these, are, these guys are not. Justin Fields. Like it's not like those guys. If I had to rank them right now, I'd probably put a Howell. They're not even that Mac Jones calling. <laughs> Right now, I mean, I probably put him right there with Mac Jones to be honest. Like, no, like coming out, I don't know. Mac um, Jones took a lot of heat. He couldn't. He wasn't as mobile as these other guys, but his numbers in college is like it's superior to all these guys. Yeah. So I I don't know, Malcolm. I feel like I so, want to see more. We have the Senior Bowl, right? We have the Senior Bowl right now. I'm kind of like Howell is kind of like my guy, but it's not like a guy like I like in the top five or top ten. It's a guy I like in like the teens or the twenties. But I mean, you're gonna move up to get him, so. He's if you move up into the teens and get him, sure. But if you move up to like eight, that that's stupid. But he, this is your franchise quarterback. I know, but it's, to me, it's like matter. you're paying more though to move up. Like he's not worth that to me. You get it? I mean, kind of like how many QB? Because you're looking at QB needy teams. How many QB needy teams are in the top? All right, let's do top this 15. again. All right, let's do this again. So we have Houston. Yeah, they're and probably going to take quarterback, right? And they, no, but you look at the Giants who have two picks. They might use Giants, one Giants, Philadelphia, Washington for sure, Carolina, uh, maybe even Atlanta, New Orleans. Those guys are all picking at what? Washington's you, at eight. You just named nine, four or five nine. teams. There's no yeah. way Sam Howell. Pittsburgh at 16, Denver at 17, Minnesota at 19. I mean, I don't think Miami's going to. I don't know what Miami is going to do, but uh, no, I think I think right now, right now, Detroit is sitting at twenty-three. The draft started today. The Rams pick it's at twenty-three. So, and you just named six or seven teams ahead of us that could be looking for a quarterback, right? So, that's not good. It's not. It's that. That's that's why it's like a tricky, and that's why maybe um, you could maybe hope a guy falls to you, right? But that's um, to me that's that's kind of risky. That's kind of risky. So, okay. So let's say they love Sam Howell and they have some intel that New Orleans loves him and Pittsburgh loves him and Denver loves him. So they got to jump to 12 with Atlanta. Let's say Atlanta's willing to trade back. And I knew the, they loved him and these other teams want him. Yeah, I guess it's worth to trade it to trade into like that high. Right? I mean, you don't want yeah. to risk. If, the if they're going to trade up to get a guy, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to. If you, if you really want Sam Howell, if you really want Sam Howell, you're going to have to trade Any to guy. Him. Let's say, like, any guy. If they have intel. Any guy it is Malik Willis, Carson Strong, Ritter, Pickett, whoever it is. Like, as a team, if you love a player and you think a different team's going to take that player and you think that player could be your franchise quarterback for the next decade or two, I mean, I feel like you have to trade up and get that guy. 
If Malik or at Willis, least attempt. If Malik Willis fell to us and he picked him, I'd be like, uh, okay. If they traded up to get Malik Willis, I'll be pissed. I want to see how he looks in the senior bowl. That's why I want to wait because he accepted an invitation to the senior bowl. And guess who's going to be coaching him up? Dan, Dan the man? The Lions, I, th- I believe the Lions will have their hands on him, um, if I'm not mistaken. We'll see. I'd say the coaching staff isn't finalized yet, but right now the Lions are the worst team in the league. So they're going to be one of the coaching staff. And I believe they're going to be working with Malik Willis. I could be wrong, but we'll see. Um, man, it's tough. It, it really is tough because Carolina is a mess with the quarterback. Yeah. Atlanta, they need to find their next guy because Matt Ryan is like 37. On his last legs. Yeah. New Orleans, they, I mean, it's pretty obvious they need a quarterback. I don't know what they're doing. Philadelphia, we saw what Jalen Hurts did. I don't know what Philadelphia will do. Pittsburgh, obviously, Ben Rosper is like 50 years old. Denver, I mean, they're just, they need, they need one too. So, yeah, yeah man, it's going to be, uh, another thing is too, like with the quarterbacks, we could see some movement too with some veterans. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, if he's cleared from his allegations and all that stuff. So, I think that also will affect the market too. If like a team like Washington or New Orleans or Pittsburgh, whatever, one of those teams trades for one of those guys, then that also affects the way the, the, the drafting works too. Yeah, and you, did you, you mentioned Denver, right? At one of those teams. Yes. Okay. If I didn't, yes, they are one of those teams because Teddy Bridgewater is not it, and Drew yeah, Lock. It's, it's tough, man. So I they, be honest, I was wrong about Drew Lock. You have your hits and misses. That's one of my misses. <laughs> it happens. I mean, this is that's just one of those when you draft a quarterback in the second round. It's it's tough. It's it's real tough. It's more than a miss and a hit. It is what it is, man. That's why if you like a guy, just move up and get him. If you really believe in your guy, just get up, go move up and get him. If you're gonna wait right. to the second round to get your guy, uh, 32 teams already passed up on him. More than likely, I mean, there's a chance he could succeed. I mean, we've seen it all the time, but it's more bust than boom. I mean, even in the even in the first round, we see a lot of bust too. Like you had quarterback is a really hard position to hit. It, it it is. I mean, this is this is tough, man. I mean, like. These quarterbacks, I don't again. None of these guys scream elite to me. So, no, but there is a there's a boomer bust guy, which is Malik Willis. He could either like, like go crazy, or he could like just flat out bust. By crazy, I mean like be a star, or he could uh, bust. I mean, I don't know. And I want to see how he looks in the Senior Bowl. Um, Lord, I think no, no, all these quarterbacks, true. except Corral, are eligible for the Senior Bowl. Carson if, Strong, Ritter, I'm, Howell. Um, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you this right now. If Malik Willis comes to Detroit, that's gonna be the worst scenario for him. He needs to go to. If he does want to have some chance to succeed, he needs to be behind a veteran quarterback. Nothing, it depends. Year. It, it depends because right now we'd say that, but like let's say next year they they go crazy with receiver. They spend on receiver. They draft wide receivers. Right. It depends how the personnel looks next year on offense too. I feel like the focus this offseason is going to be on the skilled position players. Last year was on the trenches. This is going to be more on the skilled players. Last year, they went Sewell, Levi, and Aleem. But like this year is going to be more like receivers, maybe quarterback, safety, linebackers, wide receivers, tight ends, stuff like that. Yeah. The reason more why I'm skilled. saying this is because Malik Willis is going to be a quarterback that he's going to need to sit. And if he comes to Detroit, he's going to be forced into action. I can already see it. Even if even if golf is there, golf is still going to be here. But by week two, people are going to be screaming, Malik Willis, Malik Willis, Malik Willis. I think we'll see Malik Willis by week three. It's going to be way too early for him. I think his confidence will get shot in Detroit. I mean, he needs to sit. He's not ready. I don't think he's NFL ready right now. No, yeah. Like like I said, I want to see him how he looks because at Liberty, he played with almost no one. 
Yeah, and the and country he played with also trash, but like at the senior he bowl, help him out. he didn't help him out either. He was at, bad. He was awful. He was never awful this year. That's fair, but at the senior bowl, he's gonna be playing with guys on his level. Like now, I would say he's like ten more talented players, but also also playing more practicing against more talented players as well. So you kind of could see like what he really is. Same with Howell, right? Howell lost uh, Diami Brown. He lost wide receiver. He lost um, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, right? He lost those guys, and their offense took a hit. Okay, let's see if he goes to senior bowl. Let's see how he looks with more talent around him. Yeah, I mean, that, that's possible. I will say, Malcolm, if Pickett's hands were like nine inches or nine and a half inches, he'd he probably go number him. one, right? He'd go yeah, number he, one. He probably would as far as like he'll be the number one rated quarterback. Yeah. But yeah, he has his flaws. I mean, he's a guy, realistically, if the Detroit Lions stay at their, their pick, they don't trade up. Wherever they're going to be at, anywhere between 23 to 32, any anywhere between there. You're looking at players like Kenny Pickett. He might be there. Carson the Strong. Is, man, with Carson Strong, he he may be there. Don't, I mean, you, you got to look at realistic targets at that area. Right. Yeah, the thing is with Pickett, man, eight and a quarter hands just scare me. And maybe like five years from now, I'd be like, guys, I was wrong about Pickett. Sorry, but, bro, he wears two gloves to grip the ball. Teddy, not one, Teddy, two. Teddy, Teddy, two gloves. I mean, Kurt Warner wore two gloves. Yeah, but, man, like... <laughs> We the saw the fumbling I, issues with Jerry Goff. Jerry Goff has nine inch hands. This guy has like eight and a quarter, which is 8.25 inches for those who don't know that. 8.25 inches versus nine inches. I mean, nine inches yeah. is considered small in the NFL. Joe Burrow also has like around nine inches, right? This yeah. guy has 8.25. Yeah, it's just, that's, that's why his draft is stock is raised out right now. That, but his play on the field has been unreal this year. What he's going to have to do is he's going to have to show like, uh, like his pro day. That he could throw wet balls. He doesn't have to show that stuff. That he could throw wet balls, and no matter if the ball's wet or dry, whatever, he can still sling it. That's what he doesn't have to show. If not, his stock is is gonna fall. And another thing is too his age. So he'll be twenty four in June. He's twenty three right now. Like when next season starts, he'll be twenty four. So you also cut some teams like to develop their guys and kind of like I feel like Pickett kind of is sort of what he is, right? Like he can get a little better, but he doesn't really like have a super high ceiling. That's what I'm trying to say. I think um, his mind. I think his his mind is going to be more developed coming into the league. He's going to be able. To, I think he'll yeah, be smarter. that's what I'm trying to say. Yep, he'll but, be smarter than the, the rookies coming in because of his experience and and you know right. But but the know. ceiling is not I, that high, in my opinion. I don't know, man. It all depends where he goes. He, if he goes to the right system, the right place, he could be really good. If he goes to a place that he's thrashing the action to be the, the franchise quarterback day one, yeah, it could go sideways really quick. I know a perfect fit for him is New Orleans. I don't know if New Orleans would touch him, though, because of his hand size. I don't know how they prefer that, but I think New Orleans is a perfect fit for him. That offense and everything, that's a yeah, great Could work. Could be the guy. Could be the guy there. Actually, Pittsburgh, I could see that. I've seen him mock to Pittsburgh, but, I mean, they like guys kind of like the opposite of him. They like guys with strong arms, guys who are like – Hard not to say. I don't. I don't know if Pittsburgh is a good fit for him because it's outdoors. He has small hands as well. Anyways, I don't want. This is not a pickup podcast. But Carson Strong. You talk about Carson Strong, right? Strong yeah. arm, but not as mobile, and also has some issues with the knee. So his medicals need to check out. He's a guy who reminds me a little of Derek Carr and just a little bit of Stafford. He's a gunslinger. Yeah, he has a strong arm. Yeah, he's a. He could definitely. He could definitely fit the ball between defenders. Um. With his yes. arm strength, so he. I'm. I'm saying like, if we stay where we're at, he's a realistic target. 
Yes, but so, uh, Desmond Ritter, I'd say also is kind of right now in that range. We'll see how he looks at the playoffs, and we'll see like the Senior Bowl as well. I believe he's also accepted an invitation to the Senior Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. Desmond Ritter? Does I might he be make mistaken. It in the 20s? Does he make it in the 20s? That's tough. See, Malcolm, I don't know. Like It takes one team to love these guys, whether they love That's Willis, what I'm Ritter, Coral, whoever it is, right? It takes one team to fall in love, and if one team falls in love, they're going to take him. They're going to trade up and get him. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at like the first six quarterbacks, you're looking at Matt Carroll, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, and then Carson Strong. And then- you know what this class reminds me a little of? Remember the Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, uh, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield? class mayfield mayfield was obviously qb1 but after that it was kind of like okay like pick your poison type of guy and then there was a josh rosen who we we know where he's at right now there's a lamar jackson who we know where he's at right now josh allen was also part of that draft right yeah he was josh allen was was a josh allen um so i feel like this draft class is kind of like that draft class even Baker, a lot of people weren't sold on Baker as the number one. Oh, Sam Darnold, too. Sam Darnold, we know where he's at right now. He was part of that class as well. Thanks. Um, even Baker, some people, like, there wasn't really a con- consensus number one quarterback. People had different opinions that year. I remember. I don't think everyone had Baker as their QB1. I did, but I know some people like Darnold more, some people. So it kind of reminds me of that year and they said it was kind of a weak class and we saw josh allen develop we saw lamar jackson has developed they both i mean lamar was mvp one year josh allen is playing out of his mind so the way he the way josh allen has developed is really impressive let me ask you a question man do you see any scenario where one of these quarterbacks is, is ranked or projected to be the number one overall pick no. You don't see any scenario. So you don't see like no scenario that where like a Matt Carroll. No, because I don't think the Lions I don't think the Lions could pass up on Hutchinson or Thibodeau, whoever that is. Yeah, they do need a quarterback, but they need everything else too. And I feel like if you if you take the lesser of the talent and pass on elite talent, I feel like that's a red flag. Could be a red flag. I I just can't wait because I have a feeling Man, during this draft process, one of these quarterbacks are going to get hyped up. I don't know. Bro, if one of these quarterbacks goes crazy in the senior bowl or, like, has a crazy combine or just balls out, I mean, maybe our opinions could change. But right now, it's Hutchinson or Thibodeau. Thibodeau, obviously, I prefer more. But if he took Hutch, I'd still love the pick. You can't go wrong. You just can't go wrong with either guy. Yeah. Well, man, I I think that do you have more or no? That's about it. Obviously, we could talk about the draft all day. We've talked about a bunch of positions, but yeah. th- that's about it for. But we got, we got we got to save it, man. We got to save it, man, because we're gonna have you know this draft talk probably at least right. once a week. We're gonna you know talk about the draft and see if any of our opinions change about this number one pick, and just see what happens, man. I'm excited. Well, all right, man. I think that is a wrap to episode 212 of the Pride Podcast. Yeah, guys, Underdog Fantasy Sports. Use promo code PridePod and whatever you deposit, they will match your deposit up to $100. Go to Underdog Fantasy Sports and use promo code PridePod and leave those five stars review. And with that being said, I am, I'm out. Yeah, guys, you must be 18 years or older to be on Underdog, but check them out, man. Man, like, I got to be honest, if you pick like three, three like bets or like three kind of and you hit on them you could win big check them out man they're awesome and also like Malcolm said leave a five-star review on your favorite podcasting um, platforms and I'm out peace